gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Phoenix, and today we have a lot to talk about. I haven't done a stinking podcast episode, and I don't know how long, but between sickness, so how this all started was me finishing up finals, right? I had to take some time off for that for school. So I was able to get done for that. I was able to move on to the next stage of my life. But then sickness hit me. So I've been sick for the past two weeks. It's just been a roller coaster of things. But I've been happy. I've been able to post on social media, update content, of course, at heat.com. But I'm finally happy to be back on the podcast. Something I have missed dearly. And something that we all want to have because the insane knowledge is coming out. So there's a lot that we got to talk about. There's is. We have all the head coach signings. We have John Moran. And that's just, he's amazingly stupid and disrespectful. But I'm going to get to that. Uh, we have Payne Pritchard. We've got Jimmy Buckets. We have James Harden. And Chris Paul. If you guys have not heard the news about Chris Paul, I will be breaking it down. And also, we'll be breaking down game three of the NBA Finals. But yes, we have so much we got to cover. There's so much I want to get to. There's going to be some things that I've already covered on this site on social media. But I will go over briefly here. You guys do know where to find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, but I'm mostly active on Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm mostly active on Twitter. If I said Facebook, then I am a liar, but the NBA Finals to me has been very complicating and very exciting all at the same time, especially with all the stuff coming out. So I think what we're going to do first is... We're going to talk about the NBA Finals because when this comes out, that's when the Finals is going to be beginning. I want to get my thoughts out there. This is going to be a game-free preview. This is, I'm going to, because of how long it's been taking me off, I'm going to be doing an episode almost every single day just so I'm able to cover this more and just to keep you guys in the loop. And since it's even off day for being a Wednesday, I want to do that anyways. So, if you guys have not been familiar with the NBA Finals, Jokic, Jam- uh, so Nikhil Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, they tore up Game 1. Game 1 was not a fun game. They just commanded Miami. So, what did Miami do? Well, Jimmy Buckets and the Heat decided, okay, we'll take Game 2. So, they made many adjustments. They took Club Martin out of the starting lineup and inserted Kevin Love. So they're trying to use these matchups of either Ken Love or I think one really good one because he's more of a defensive player in my opinion would be Haywood Highsmith. I believe Haywood 
can be a very good matchup on Jokic, but they're just trying to limit him. And I'm not saying that this is going to be a tactic where teams try to limit Giannis Antetokounmpo, and now if you limit him and you let everyone else go, or you let him score and you limit everyone else, I don't think it works that way because the two-man game of Nikhil Jokic and Jamal Murray, in my opinion, is just too strong. They don't need to have five guys on the court. They just need Jokic and Murray. And they've been able to play this two-man game very, very well. And we saw that in game one. Game two, that got shut down. Now, game two is a lot closer. The Heat only won that by three points, but they took a game to even the series and to still retain home court advantage because they're playing in Miami, Florida now. And despite Jokic having 41 points on 16-28 shooting, Gabe Vincent came in, 23 points, 8-12 of 12 shooting, with a couple of free throws to help this team. And even when they were down by double digits in the fourth, Duncan Robinson came in, put up double digits, and helped them win this game. They outscored Denver 36-25. I was going to cover game two, but I couldn't on my podcast, but you knew that the adjustments they need to make was be more consistent from the field. That's free pointers. That's just in general. You can't be shooting, what was it? You can't be shooting like 9 of 20. Like they did not shoot well from deep. Now they were a little more consistent. They were 48.6%, 17 of 35, made six more free pointers. That, that was the difference. That was 18 more points, just to put that into perspective. Free throws were also lacking in game one, but you can see the difference. We saw the disparity where they had two and the Nuggets had 20-something. You could blame the refs all you want. I am not, unless it is Eric Lewis. We all know why, but Jimmy Butler... Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, all these guys, Bam Bio, Kyle Lowry. These guys were attacking the paint more, and they were making the Forbes blow their whistle. That's just a fact. So even though they got out-rebounded by eight, and sure, you like to have those back, it offsets everything because you were able to create 14 more turnovers. You had more points off turnovers. They were just flowing better. And I see the points in paint, even though it was still a 14-point difference in the paint where the Nuggets were exceeding in that area. And they always are because they have a big-body team. They have a lot of big men. They have a lot of physical men. Jimmy Butler is physical. Bama about can't overcome Eric Gordon. That's my feeling. So you have to weigh with the pros and cons. They're, Miami's not a very physical team down-in-the-paint type situation team. But, what I loved is that they were getting those calls because they are being more physical and because of that, they went 18 of 20 from the, from the line, which was huge. They needed that. And when we finally had that, you saw it be different because even though... Denver shot two more free throws. They only made one more than Miami. It was a 19-18 difference. It was only a one free throw difference. 
And when you speak about everything in generalness, that does not really matter at all. I find it more impressive that they were able to get to the line because that was the biggest thing. The biggest thing was, well, they're going to have to create. They're going to have to draw the fouls. They're going to have to do something because Jokic is going to do it, but Miami's going to have to retaliate. And even though Kevin Love struggled from the field, 2 of 9, you still like his 10 rebounds and 2 assists. Jimmy Butler and Bama Abayo played 40 minutes. They combined for 42 points. Gabe Vincent had 23. Max Cruz had 14. They were shooting much better. Um, off the bench, you saw Duncan Robson light up in the fourth quarter. Much better. better. High Smith, only six minutes. Didn't really do much besides get a rebound. But Club Martin didn't shoot at it. They only shot it three times, but... He went 33% nonetheless, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block. You take that. And Kyle Lowry is Kyle Lowry at this point. No disrespect towards him. But I thought the matchups were there. I thought Jokic being pressured by either out of buy or love worked. I saw Jamal Murray, while he still put up 18, it wasn't as effective. And even though Jokic put up 41, like this all adds up. You know, like, well, the final score was a 111 to 108. When it came into that fourth quarter, you saw the Heat be like, okay, we took your punches. Now we're about to blow you out. That's just how it was. That's just how it was going to go. And I find that very, very respectable and very, very interesting. That's just my opinion. And it helps when your team that shoots 48% from the field. It just does. So where's that leave us for game three? And by the way, I think that he wins this in six or seven. I've been that way since the start. So I want to put that publicly on the record, if I've not already said that, on social media, twitter.com slash courtside heat. But... Where do we go from here, guys? Where do we go when we enter game three? Today, Wednesday, in the evening time. First game, Miami. Do the Nuggets bounce back? I'm going to say no. And I respect both teams. I think Jokic and Murray is going to kill this team. But if you can limit Gordon and the amount of shots he takes, and Porter... In KCP, you're fine. Let them have the two-man game. But that only works if you let them have the two-man game and you shut everyone else down. That only works if you're shooting it well. And you're able to shoot it consistently. And you can't always be down double digits. And I know when they're down double digits, they've done that a handful of times and they've won. I get that. But that does not solve all your problems. You're lucky that Duncan Robinson sparked a heat comeback in the fourth quarter. Should that have happened? Maybe, maybe not. But what's more frightening to me as well, with three minutes to go when you're up by nine, or when you're up by, what, 12? Denver came back. So you can never count them out. 
You can never cut them out. But the Heat, in my opinion, have a better closeout game. And when they have momentum on their side, they really have a nice closeout game. That's just my opinion. But you saw in that final minute, they only got in two points. And Denver was on an explosive tear. Even still with that, Miami was able to play solid defense and was able to force that game in their direction. It favored them. I think that's what's going to happen in Game 3. I think what we're going to see in Game 3 is the Heat's going to go back and forth to Nuggets. Nuggets may win the first and third quarter, but the second and fourth quarter will be won by Miami. Or more so the fourth quarter if we don't care about the first three. Let's just say it's evenly matched up. I think you're going to see a big productive game out of Jimmy Butler again. I think you're going to see a 2010 game, honestly. I think you can see a 2010 and 5 game from him. I think Bam Bob's going to keep stepping it up because that 21, 9, and 4 game he had with the two blocks in game two is going to translate again in game three. You just got to hope that Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, these guys, they could play their game, get back into their element. Because even though these guys may not be able to compare to a Michael Porter Jr. or a KCP or a Bruce Brown, whatever you want to say, even though they may not be able to compare that way, or people may have different feelings, if they shoot their shot and they're consistent and they play well, the Heat win. I love Gabe Vincent. I love Max Cruz. I find them to be very enjoyable, and I find them to be game changers. Because the entire heroes ruled out for game three, ever since it's been the case since the beginning of the postseason around one against the Milwaukee Bucks, after he suffered that broken hand, they leaned more on Struce, Vincent, Martin. They relied on these guys. And I think that I hate when a guy gets injured, but for in the Heat's case, for the Miami Heat, this was the best next thing because now they're able to explore different rotations, different possibilities. The creative juices were flowing. And now look where you're at. You're in game three, three games away from winning your first ring in, what, almost a decade? It was many years ago. The last time you won was when LeBron... Wade and Bosch were there, but you haven't been here since 2020 when it was against the Lakers and you lost. But I think this team is much better connectively and just overall. I'm going to be honest, and not much has changed, but but they've developed themselves, they've matured, the chemistry is there, and I'm not just saying that to say. I'm not just saying that to say. And I'm being 100% honest. So, game three is going to go in the favor of the Heat. It's going to be an intense battle, but it's going to be an enjoyable battle. I 100% agree to that. That is just my opinion. Not everyone will be sharing that opinion. But this is where I'm at. Whoa, that was weird. But that is where I'm at. Point blank simple. I also just want the Heat to win the series so Udonis Haslam, who's given his entire life to the Heat, can win a ring. Just right off into the sunset. That would be amazing. But definitely, 
these are two exciting teams. I, I'm very excited for this. On social media, I will not be able to cover this game live, but if I have something to say, I will say it. I'm going to try my very best, but I have other obligations I have to get to tonight. That's more my personal life, so I just can't cover the game. It is what it is. I don't care. I'll be here for game six to four to six or four to seven. Whatever the case is, we're gonna have a fun time. That's why I'm doing this podcast now and not recording tonight for Thursday. You know what I mean? So with that said, this is where we're at with the heat and nuggets. This is where I'm feeling things. With that being said, I can't believe we're still talking about this. Oh, before I get into John Morant, I do want to say Jimmy Butler does plan on playing the rest of his career with the Miami Heat. He wants to honor his contract. He wants to finish with the Heat. And how cool would he be if he finished his career with the Heat, winning a ring, and he's going to be known as one of the greatest Heat players ever. I know what I just said. Now I have to talk about some idiot here. I have to talk about John Morant. John Morant has put himself in a very compromising, a very complicating situation. Just recently it was announced that um, boy. It was okay. It was actually announced by John Morant's side, by his camp, that he was holding a toy gun instead of a real gun. I don't know if you guys remember the incident, but he was in his car listening to rap music with his friend, who he's unfollowed on social media since that incident. And that happened on Mother's Day, just so everyone know. That must make his mom so proud of him. Apparently, he was just using a toy gun. Problem solved, guys. No need to react. Even though we had an incident like that two, two and a half months ago. Where he was in a club on IG Live holding a gun celebrating. I don't know. I don't know what goes through this guy's head. But he's about to be one of the first ever. No, he's about to be the first ever NBA player to get himself out of the NBA, after all the success he has, he's a very talented individual. I believe he has some brains in him. But for whatever reason, he is just trying to take on this persona, which I I don't know why. We've all seen the photos. I've uncovered photos of him from his childhood. He was never raised that way. He was a preppy kid. I honestly don't know why he wants to be this way. And I'm not trying to put him down, but at some point, he's got to understand he has a responsibility to the NBA. And he has to follow the NBA's rules. It's in the contract. He's breaking the, he's bla- no, he's breaking the rules. You can't do that. That's for one. His public image is everywhere. Everywhere. And... Who follows him? Kids and teenagers. And that's the message you want to give. And I get it. He's going for a certain type of audience. 
But I was even listening to Shannon Sharp talk on this, and he wants them to take personal responsibility. He wants them to take accountability, and it has to be that way. But John Morant will never take accountability. He'll never take personal responsibility. That is just an undeniable fact because now, and Adam Silver said, I'm not going to do that to the fans, to the players, to the teams that are in the finals to release this now because they have uncovered more. So, I hope he has a plan outside of the NBA. That's not him being some thug or gangster because he is just trying to ruin himself. For what? Like, I, I have no purpose on why. On why he's doing this. This is like his third or fourth incident. He gives a half-hearted apology that probably came from Chad GPT. He does not care. He does not care. He's not a responsible human being. And on top of that, he became famous way too quick, with a lot of money way too quick. He's trying to be something he's not. He has... So, bro as a father in his life, and that's just a fact. Like, you have to understand that there's no good con- there's no good outcome. The consequences will be severe. And I will, f- I'll be shocked if Adam Silver and the National Basketball Players Association says, oh, it's only going to be 30 games. If it's not a year, then it's a problem. This guy needs to take accountability. I don't know why he's not. I don't know why he's associating himself with these types of people. Because who in the free world actually records this stuff? You gotta be a mental, you gotta be, you just gotta be a moron. If you're posting this stuff on social media, where you have millions upon millions of watching you and waiting for you to do something. And you were already under the microscope. I just, I can't believe that this is actually a topic. I can't believe a guy is actually wanting to do this. It's so stupid. So stupid. I've never seen, I've just never seen something like this before. Because he's just being reckless and stupid. Like, there's nothing funny about this. There's nothing cool about this. I I just, I never thought I was going to see this. I never thought I was going to have to talk about this again. But yet, here I am, having to say, Oh, he, no, don't worry. He was just holding, no, no, no. He was just holding a gun, a toy gun. Really? Really, this is the excuse. This is the excuse, guys. He was just holding a prop gun. It was a toy gun. That makes it worse. That makes it worse. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Why are you holding a fake gun, man? Because that still is bad. 
whether it's fake or real, and don't worry, photo analysis is going to be able to determine that lie very quickly. You're still setting a bad image to people. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if it's an adult, but you're pretty much telling kids it's okay to wield around a gun and to show it off on Instagram and pretty much be a menace to society. I I don't know what to say. Like, where have we gone? Like, seriously. Does nobody know? Does nobody know that Shane Sharp is right? Majority of these people are right. And for all the people defending John Morant, look, that's your opinion. But what he's doing is reckless. If you take all the instances... Just in the past few months, he's ruining his career. He's going to be ruining his life very soon. This is very concerning. He's not taking accountability. He keeps making the same stupid mistakes. He keeps recording it for everyone to find. I just don't know why he's trying to be something he's not. Does he really have to do this? He doesn't. It's whatever though. It's his life. And when he messes up his life. He's going to have no one to blame but himself. And that is a legit and utter fact. And John Moran really does think we're idiots. He thinks, oh, it's just a toy gun. Really? Really? You saying we dumb here? We're not dumb. I hope he gets what's coming at him. I really do. I hope, I hope his suspension comes. I hope he loses money because he has to earn some way. Like, I've never seen a human being in the NBA act like this. And you could bring up other instances. You could say, well, Dennis Rodman was a crazy individual who did stupid stuff and was caught on camera. Okay. Um, but he was not holding a gun. And just promoting that. And posting it. Okay, there was a social media, but it wasn't in front of a camera. And he wasn't trying to be real reckless. I really, you can't. There's a part where it's crazy. But you're not influencing others. And, and then you're influencing others. And it's just dumb craziness. If you're just influencing yourself and you're only affecting yourself, that's one thing. But if you're affecting other people and you have a brand and you're seen as one of the faces of the NBA, that's bad, man. That's bad. But John Morant's too stupid and too self-absorbed to see what's going on. Don't worry. I'll be corrected soon because I know I'm Silver is going to be having some big plan from and That's a shame. I like John Morant. I just want somebody to talk some sense in him. It's just a darn shame, you know? It's a dang shame. Oh, where do we go from here now that I just took a few minutes to rant about that? Let's talk about Chris Paul. 
We heard the news today that he's been waived by the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns have informed him that he's going to be waived. Don't panic. Don't. I don't know why anyone would. And I say that because this is all part of their plan. The Suns were never going to guarantee $30 million or even partially guarantee 15 They didn't want to endure all of that. This has been around for a month now. This, I, this idea has been around. So, there's a lot of context missing. Is this a stretched wave or is this just fully waived and then teams can just sign and once he clears, clear, uh, clears waivers? I can't speak today. My apologies. So this is very, very interesting. Let's go down the route that this is not a stretch wave. That this is in fact just a regular wave. Once he clears it, it's over. I think in the end, the Suns can still retain Chris Paul. But it has to be on the veterans minimum. It has to be on that team friendly deal. And Chris Paul understands that. But I, but I want to go down this route. Because we get into money and stuff. And it's going to be where the team wants a cheap deal. It needs to be a veteran minimum deal. And Matt HBA can go to him. James Jones can go to him and say, You know what, Chris? We love you. We don't want you to leave. Accept the minimum. And we'll give you more sponsorships. You'll have more sponsorships. Where you'll make more money off of that. Than the $30 million that you're going to be guaranteed. You could work it that way. I don't know if you can contractually do that. I don't think you can put that in the contract, but you can say, okay, I give you my word. Let's do it this way. Just got to come back on that veteran minimum. But Chris Paul could be like, you know what, guys? I've been to the finals once with you guys. That didn't work out. It's been a struggle since. I'm going to take my talent somewhere else. I appreciate y'all. I respect y'all. It's nothing but love from here. He wants a ring. Chris Paul wants a ring. And he's going to quote unquote ring chase. And Chris Paul is not a ring chaser. But he's near the end of his career. He knows he only has a season to two left. Realistically. It's what his body's been telling him. It's what his body's been telling everyone. So he's a season or two left. I think, honestly, he either goes to the Heat or the Lakers if he rules out the Suns. I think the Suns have a high chance of getting him back. I think Matt Ishbia and James Jones can talk it into him like, look, we're close. We're going to have more continuity. We're going to have more chemistry. We're just going to be flowing together with Devin with Kevin, with Chris, uh, with D.A. We got Frank Vogel. It's going to be more defense. We're, we're addressing those areas. We have David Fitzdale. We have, um, I'm blanking. We have Kevin Young. We have a good coaching staff. Defense is going to be fixed. Don't worry, Chris. You're not going to have to be the focal point of this offense. We're going to find another point guard. Got to come back on the veterans minimum. We can win you with rings. Just give us a season. Give us two if at max. Or the Lakers can come and say, we'll give you a good contract. We'll give you a nice contract. Just come play with us or the Heat. 
Can you imagine we went to the Heat? Just saying. The Heat are in a prime position to win a championship. That's enticing. But his family lives out in L.A., so the Clippers could come in. The Lakers can come in. Imagine if he took his talents to the Bay Area. Golden State Warriors. Imagine if that was. But there was, there's all these were rumors, reports of teams lining up once it clears waivers. We still don't know all the contacts. But this is step one of the Suns' plan. Was to waive them, talk it out with CP3, and say, Paul, we'll have you back on the team. You just got to accept the minimum. And Chris Paul and the Suns are in full control. Well, Paul has more leverage than the Suns now that he can just clear waivers. But, and once we get more context, if it's stretched or if it's not, either way, let's just assume that it's not. And then you say, come back on the veteran minimum. Come back on the vet minimum. You can just do that. Everything will be fine. Um, and I think we could work like that. I, th- I think we can. And the vet minimum in the NBA is about... million per year, if I'm looking at this correctly, I believe so, so he can, so it's capped at 2.6 million, it's not right around there, but he's still making a few mil, that that could be enticing with some sponsorship, with the possibility of a championship, depending on what they do in free agency, through trade, and drafting and all that stuff, what they really want to do. So it gets very interesting. But guys, don't stress that when you heard the title, oh, he's been he's been waived. Yes. But just don't be freaking out. Trust me. Trust me. And I'm not just saying this to say just because I'm a Suns fan. I'm actually saying this because I actually believe this. That is my opinion in the end. I don't have any other information on this. I wish I could. I'm going to try to reach out to a few people. Like I did for the Monty Williams situation. But as of right now, I have nothing for you guys. That's fine. We're going to fit we're going to find this all out very soon, very soon. But right now, guys, it's just not working out. I know I mentioned Frank Vogel, so I just want to get to all of the coaching updates. Then I will get to James Harden, and I will wrap this up for you guys so it's not too long of a lesson for today. But Frank Vogel's been hired as the Suns' new head coach. My apologies. Um, the Suns hired Frank Vogel as their newest head coach. I get it that it's not Kevin Young. I get it that it's not Nick Nurse, but I I was not really a high on Nick Nurse because Nick Nurse has a very embracive and attitude. He has a very embracive personality and a big, big attitude, I think you can say. I'm okay that we didn't get Adrian Griffin. He was going to work out. I think Kevin Young, he's going to be a terrific head coach, but... One more year under the Suns, and that's going to be magical. But he's definitely going to be a head coach, like Frank Vogel said. But everyone already knew that. But Frank Vogel's our newest head coach, and I covered on Twitter.com slash Heat the Frank Vogel introductory press conference. 
that him and James Jones did. And one of the main takeaways is that he's defense. And we already knew this from his time with the Lakers. But before I get into the press conference, I believe the Suns needed the correct defense. So by hiring Frank Vogel, this was a very solid hire. This was an, a B-plus to A hire. A very room for error. Because you have David Fitzdale. You have Kevin Young, who has those ties, who has that maturity, who has that offensive mindset and a little bit of a defensive mindset. But Frank Vogel is going to have one of the best schemes defensively for the Suns. He's going to have plays. He's going to have the best scheme, in my opinion. I I really do believe that when it's all said and done, it's going to be a good hire. So we need defense. That was one of the biggest struggles because we created offensively. And what killed our offense was bad defense. That's when we got down to big holes, 10-plus holes. We didn't need that. We couldn't have that. And that was one of our key struggles against the Nuggets. Even though I'm very proud of the Suns for taking two games. When the Lakers couldn't. When the Timberwolves couldn't. But they won one. But the Heat are up there. But anyways. The five years, $31 million, That contract is not bad at all. Frank Vogel is going to be very well. But talk about that press conference. He was very high on DeAndre Drain, and he could just be doing the play up his contract value, the uh, play up, the hype up his value on the market, in the market. But I believe that Frank Vogel, well, I don't believe Frank Vogel can tap or get anything else out of DA. DA is who DA is, and I I I say that respectfully. I mean that respectfully, but... He said DeAndre could be the rim protector. That starts defensively with DeAndre. And he was very high on DeAndre. I think that's a plus. I think they're going to give DA to the trade deadline. I think they're going to try to buy themselves some time. I think they're going to go on the free agency market. They're going to get key players. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw old ties to Frank Vogel like Alex Crusoe come back. Old players. I don't know if you could try to trade for him. Because I don't think he's a free agent. But you could try to play that way. You try to get Alex Crusoe. He's defense. You need more def- defensive-minded guys. I think you re-sign Josh Kogi. I think you try to fill. I think you try to get rid of Andrew Shamit. If you want to get rid of DA, you try to get a core piece that can fit fundamentally with the offense and defense merger. I think this team is much better with Frank Vogel now. Because I think Frank Vogel could push him over the hump. Monty Williams got them out of the abyss. And I'm still upset that the Suns got rid of Monty Williams. Because I have actually have a Monty Williams signed clipboard. But I was upset when they released Monty Williams. Fired Monty Williams. Happy he got paid by the Pistons. I'm actually a Pistons fan now. I love Monty. Always will. Always have, always will. But Monty Williams got us out of the abyss. Couldn't get us to the promised land. Well, he did, but we just couldn't help but stay on the promised land. That's fine. Now, Frank Vogel will come in like he did for 2020. Help the, help the Lakers win. It's going to help the Suns win. 
He's going to have some time. May not be this upcoming season, but he will deliver us a championship. I do believe in that. And whether DA is on his team or not, we are going to get solid pieces in return. We're going to have solid pieces around D-Book and KD. But this team is much better defensively and offensively than what it was one, two seasons ago. D-Book is in his prime. KD is going to be better than the, f uh, than the short stint he had last season with the Suns. This team is just going to look better. And I like the aggressiveness by Matt HBA. He does not care about money. He is showing his money flex by saying, okay, you want a million? You want a million? Okay, you want a big payday? Okay, we'll give you that. He has no problem paying. And that is the difference between the two regimes of Robert Sarver and Matt Ishbia. Is I don't think Robert Sarver would have been paying all this money for assistant coaches and for head coaches and trying to make it work. So it's a very positive, but I like the hire by Frank Vogel. This is exactly what the Suns needed. Even though but it may not be the catchiest name, it is one of the splashiest names because he was a big head coach candidate out there. He took the season off after getting fired by the Lakers, and I believe this is the right move. I really do. I also believe Nick Nurse was the right move for the 76ers because the 76ers did need a head coach that could have that championship pedigree just like Frank Vogel that Dex has that championship pedigree because he won a championship back in 2019 with the Toronto Raptors as a rookie with the only year Kawhi was there with um, not pa uh, with Serge Ibaka. I, I don't know why I brought that up, but I did. But he has that pedigree, and he's also the type of coach that can convince James Harden to come back I'm just going to talk about now. That's why James Harden is just so conflicted and torn. Because James Harden, per Sean Sharania of The Athletic, he's actually torn between signing with the Rockets and staying with the 76ers. If I'm Harden, I stay with the 76ers. Even though you may be missing out on a little bit of a, more of a payday, you could be one step closer to championship than you would be with the Rockets. If I'm the Rockets, I want to do it because once that man gets paid, he's just going to ride off into the sunset. I do believe that. But with whatever value you have left, you pair with Joel Embiid, you can make it work as he's like that two-way player in a sense of not offensive defense, but of playmaking and scoring. So he's just that multifunctional player. So... Nick Nurse being hired by the 76ers, that was nice. That was nice. Frank Vogel being hired by the Suns. Also, I hate Doc Rivers. Always have. Always will. I thought that him when I won championship was because of the big free in Boston. But Doc Rivers being so cheap and corny by just pulling out saying, Oh, no, no, you can't say no to me. I already declined you guys. By pulling his name out of the race. Like, oh, I never wanted to be a head coach for the Suns. That was pretty, that was actually pretty pathetic, but that's Doc Rivers in a nutshell. And I've been saying that for a very long time. I hate Doc Rivers. I hope he does not get another coaching, a head coaching job. He's not a very impressive coach. All he can do is lose. Can't get his teams out of like the first or second round. That is just an absolute fact. He's done nothing for 10 years, 10 plus years now. And that's a fact. He's had two good seasons. And it was like his 20-year career as a coach. So that's a lot. 
Not many people want to admit that. Not many people want to admit that. Also, Joe Mozilla, who I do like, and I've seen him getting a bad rep by emotional fans, Boston fans, of course, is conf- has been confirmed by Brad, Brad Stevens that he will be returning next season. I think it's the right decision because it was the only decision. Meaning, yeah, so Joe Mozilla, he's fine. You just couldn't, you, the, the, the Celtics would not have four head coaches in four years. You just couldn't have that. Even if you're saying that M.U. Doug was not their fault and it wasn't. It was still really bad, but give Joe Mozilla a little time. That was his first season. He's going to be fine. Now, Monty Williams got paid big time. Monty Williams been hired by the Detroit Pistons as their new head coach. This hiring makes Monty the highest paid coach in NBA history. Six years, $72 million, could expand to eight years, $100 million. Imagine, imagine if he takes his team to the NBA Finals before his contract's up. I believe he will. Because the Pistons signed him because of the work he did in Phoenix. And just like Phoenix, or like Phoenix used to be, they used to be in the abyss. And the Pistons want money to take him out of the abyss. Then they may fire him, but okay, we'll get a real head coach now. That could take him into the NBA Finals. And as cruel as that may sound, it's what the Suns did. Put that into perspective if you think that's cruel. But, I love Monty Williams. I'm happy for him. I'm happy he got paid huge. He waived the rest of the money from the Suns. So the Suns don't own him. OMA money. And now he gets to co-coach Zay Cunningham. James Wiseman. Be very interesting what he does with Wiseman. Former Golden State Warrior guy. Uh, again, guys, I'm going to be detailing this all very, very, very more. Very much more in tomorrow's podcast episode. Because, yes, even though I don't have a scheduled podcast episode for tomorrow. Because I want to recap game free. I'm going to be talking about this all more. I just wanted to get something quick out there. Because I felt bad. I've been trying to do this. My voice is finally restored. I'm not coughing anywhere. Yeah, guys, this. Yeah, guys, this is all I have. Thank you again for tuning in. I I greatly do appreciate it. And guys, with that being said, I'm gonna be signing off. If you guys have any questions for me, you know where to find me. And yeah, get ready for game three. Peace out.